Hello friends and welcome to Notes from My Friends, the podcast series. My name is Angie Bell Correa, the founder, and I am so honored to be here. To give an introduction, I'd like to say Notes from My Friends is a creative collective and community of and for spiritual homesteaders. Notes from My Friends is here to serve the friend and point them to Jesus through stories of redemption, gift of art and creativity, and power of song. The communal emphasis is that Jesus calls us to himself and then commands missions us to make him known. God has graciously given us his word so that we may have communion with him. All throughout scripture, the Lord tells us who he is. Living water, bread of life, the true vine, shelter, tells us to tend to the fire. Part of submitting to the gospel is understanding that Jesus is all of these things and that apart from him, there would be nothing. Spiritual homesteading is an intentional practice in feeding ourselves and others in the spirit. So this creative collective is a joyous huddle that goes around the room with a big grin that acts how are you making Jesus known and what's Jesus having you do so we thank you so much for tuning in and we hope that you enjoy and are so encouraged by this so friends welcome to episode one of notes for my friends a podcast series I am so excited because we have Leah Scott here with us and there's so much to um, dive into so much that I want to talk to you about and ask you about Mm -hmm. I do want to open up in prayer Um, so we're just going to do that and then so then I'll ask you to close in prayer if that's okay Mm -hmm. okay so we're just going to open up in prayer so we're going to say Lord just thank you so much for this day thank you so much for this moment Holy Spirit God you are so good Jesus, I pray that you would just breathe your spirit over this, Lord, over our conversation and bless our time and bless our conversation together, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would just, um, that this would be so encouraging to anyone that's listening and that we would just ourselves here in this time just be so encouraged with one another, Father God. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. Lord, thank you so much for the cross. Thank you so much for your friendship, Jesus. You're so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Leah, if you may introduce yourself, tell us about you, your upbringing, and how you came to Christ. Sure, thanks for having me, Angie. It's been so awesome. Um, Well, uh, my name is Leah Scott, as mentioned. Um, I am a mom of two, happily married to my best friend of eight years, together ten, which is crazy. Um, We live here in Patchogue on Long Island. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom, but... That comes with a lot of territory of work, as you could imagine. But I also moonlight, I guess I'll say right now, um, although it would be great for it to be full-time and event planner. So I do that on the side. And just real quick synopsis of how I came to the Lord. Um, I grew up in a really godly Christian household with my mom and dad and my younger sister. Um, And I was fully immersed in church life from day one. Uh, My parents were Catholic growing up, Christian, uh, Catholic, uh, between Irish Catholic and Italian Catholic, both from Queens. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of heavy heavy influence with uh, that kind of lifestyle for a very long time for them. And they didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. And then one day, my aunt, my dad's sister, actually, she went into end-stage renal failure. um, And a friend of hers... Uh, who actually knew the Lord and was walking with the Lord for quite some time, she witnessed to her. And at the time, my aunt was going through all of that stuff with her health and ended up um, coming to the Lord. She actually ended up uh, getting divorced from her ex-husband at the time, who unfortunately left her, which was really heartbreaking. So between health stuff and that, um, she found the Lord and was so on fire for him. And she started witnessing to my dad and my, my dad's parents. 
And very quickly, he became a Christian, my mom became a Christian, they got married, and so on and so forth. So, um, I very, like I said, I've been very immersed in the Christian life and lifestyle for a long time, but in terms of my own personal walk, despite what I was um, shown all of my life, you know, you have to kind of walk into and make a decision on your own to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. It can't be that you you know, follow on the coattails of a family member or anything like that. So I was probably in my early teens at that point when I really wanted to make the true decision to ask the Lord to be the Lord of my life. Mm. And it was, you know, a rocky start. There's still a lot of really crazy seasons as they come and go, as you could imagine. But I think having him as my foundation throughout all these years, now being 33, now almost 34 next week, which is crazy, (laughs) I'm just so in awe of how much um, he's brought into my life in every season and he's just been so constant and now you know being married to another Christian man we're raising our kids to do the same thing and I'm really excited to bring up another generation in um, in Christendom. I love that so much and that is a testimony so diving in you are an event planner you are a worship leader you lead worship at our church the harbor in Santa Mariches New York you are a homemaker and you lead the thrive group as a ministry also based out of our church as well talk about all of that (laughs) we want to hear it all and how these things just interloop and how this just came from from the beginning yeah so, like I had mentioned before in the intro, I um, I grew up in a Christian household, and with that, I think kind of comes the territory of you're always doing ministry when you are a Christian and you're in a family. So, yeah. because of that, my mom is oh, what an insanely wonderful woman. She's such a woman of God. She's such an amazing woman. I uh, I grew up in a household where my mom was very much like me, a creative, and she loved hosting. And I'm sure if she's listening to this, she's probably going to be like, I don't really love it that much, but it's true. (laughs) Um, And she was so excellent at it. And I gleaned off of so much of what she's taught over the years. And out came the decision to do event planning, which is so wild that I actually made it like a monetizing type of business from just hosting. Mm. And I think, you know, when Artie, my husband, and I first got married and we bought our home here in Patchogue, we always had wanted our home to be a safe haven for people as well as a place for anybody who comes through our doors to feel like it's a sense of home for them. And I think that's so beautiful in terms of like the imagery of how like Christ is our home and how our church body is our secondary, you know, Mm. portion of that. And so I think the hosting portion, the just the feeling of like wanting to have everyone feel like they can belong, all that stuff kind of turned into now what is the event planning business. Um, and now walking into motherhood over the past four years, my daughter Layla is four and my son Deacon is two. Um, I had really struggled in the beginning with trying to find, you know, not just mom friends, but moms who are walking with the Lord friends. Mm. And that was something that I feel like because of my personality, my desire to make people feel welcome and feel included, like having that sense of community was something that I felt the Lord really like tugging on my heartstrings for a long time to to do in some sort of way. So when he had brought the idea of creating a women's, you know, like mom's group sort of deal with little ones, um, you know, a few years back, I remember talking with Faith Jankowski, our 
uh, lead pastor Scott's wife about it. I was like, we need to do this. There's so many new moms. There's so many babies. It was just crazy to see there was like a baby boom at church over the past couple of years and the need needed to be met. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was birthed out of a need, which I think is really how ministry starts in any sort of way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really cool to see how like, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm home with my kids all the time, I'm working as an event planner, doing essentially like an elevated version of, you know, hostessing essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. and now I'm doing another facet of that, which is which is building on community with women who are like-minded, who want community, who want to grow, and who also want to raise their kids the same way. And I just think it's so cool how God's kind of like weaved that web, yeah. um, or should I say like a tapestry, if you will, mm-hmm. and it's just really cool to see like how it's all unfolding in just a matter of the last few years. Yeah. So um, I'm just like honored more than anything else and, and so just privileged and humbled that like he's given me these giftings, has shown me how to steward them over the years and now like here we are seeing the fruits of the labor in just so many really cool ways. That is so awesome. Yeah. And actually, if I can, so I remember that the week that you um, announced it mm-hmm. and earlier that week, or I think it was at the week prior to that, I had a vision. The Holy Spirit yes. told me about a group like that, yeah. but I didn't know yeah. what he was talking about. So, cool. <laughs> so, so cool. I was just so, I was so blown away when I received the message about the Thrive Group because yeah. I was like, oh my God, Holy Spirit <laughs> told me about this. This was so cool. Oh, that was so that. amazing. And um, when it comes to like Willow and Pine, that mm-hmm. is the name of your business, yeah. So what um, kind of events do you, like, specialize in? What do you enjoy doing the most? Or, like, passion and stuff like (laughs) that? What excites you the most and stuff like that? So generally speaking, I do weddings, which is so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've absolutely loved the process of doing all of it in the last, you know, it's been now two years that I've owned the business. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, three years, really, but two years having, like, a legit, like, LLC type of deal. Mm -hmm. But, um... I would have to say my favorite is really actually doing baby showers, which is so bizarre because it's a very like specific niche. But I think the reason, and don't get me wrong, I love doing weddings. They're so much fun, whether it's like full service planning mm-hmm. um, or doing like day of coordinating, which I do both. So if you are listening and you want to hook up with me, go for it. Let's do it. Yeah. But I think I really love the baby showers more just because I think I probably as a mom, I would say. It just, it's so like near and dear to my heart because I think there's something so beautiful about honoring moms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like you can attend a million baby showers, but I think when it becomes something that it's it's a matter of like focusing on honoring the woman that's bringing life into this world. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's equally beautiful to honor a couple when they're tying the knot and like, and just, you know, starting a new season in life together, like so beautiful also, but there's something really special about um, just like new motherhood and like how that emerges and just celebrating life in that way. So yeah. Sweet, awesome. I love the way how everything just like interloops with one another in your life. And I feel like God can put so many, we could have so many hats, but I've I've come to see how Mm. they just all... Um, how do I say it? Like coincide, yeah, or intertwine, yeah, yeah, intertwine, and it just all also like obviously it always works out. Yeah. Uh, So you and your husband already are both on the worship team Mm -hmm. at church. Yeah. And which I think is so cool. I love seeing couples. Um, yeah, I, I love cool. that. I wish I, just, I could be on there too, but I'm <laughs> maybe not you can. <laughs> um, but I love that. And so, talk about how 
that like you you know being able to serve alongside your husband yeah. in the corporate setting yeah. but of course ministry starts at home yeah and definitely. so how do you guys incorporate worship starting at home and then mm-hmm. where it overflows into corporate ministry yeah, yeah i think you said it so perfectly just now by the way that it overflows into corporate ministry i really firmly believe and i'm sure dozens of people who are in ministry full-time volunteer whatever level will agree with this worship ministry all starts in the home and because we're called to our families first if we are aligned with the lord in our private time aligned with the lord in our marriages obviously if if that's the case if you're married and then if we're aligned with the lord with our children and as a family unit then everything spills over and i really love that the cup essentially runneth over because of that and it's funny because i would have never in a million years thought that artie and i would have ever you know played and sang together so artie plays drums yeah i sang and it's funny because we're actually like almost like a second generation of that. And I'll tell you why. So Artie's mom and stepdad are uh, pastors over at a local church that's in Yapank, mm. Integrity. And it's so cool to see how everything kind of came full circle. So we both grew up in Christian households. Um, Artie, unfortunately, was a child of divorce. And he kind of had one foot in the world, one foot in the church for a very long time. And then he obviously made the decision to walk with the Lord individually when he became um, a late teen into his early 20s. And we met when we were 22 and 23. Got married at 25. I know, it's so young. Mm -hmm. And um, especially for Long Island. Yeah, Long Island. But um, it's funny, when, when he first, you know, became a Christian and we first started dating, Um, I had already been in worship ministry since I was 14. Um, Again, so immersed in ministry, being that I grew up that way. And for Artie, it was very new. And he had always played drums, you know, played like little band things. And his dad, being the assistant pastor and also essentially the worship pastor at at their church, and his mom being the co-pastor essentially with that stuff, they always were like, you need to do this. Like, you have a gift. And I think being in the right headship and leadership – um, in the the church that we were at at the time, encouraged him to really pursue that. And I think with me being like, you need to do this, you know, <laughs> like yeah. being the annoying, naggy girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. I was like, you have a gift, you need to do this. And it was really cool because that's how it essentially blossomed. And obviously here we are now, you know, 10 plus years later mm-hmm. at our home church now and at the harbor. Um, I just think it's so cool that we get to do it together. And just to circle back to what it's like in our house, you know, we're not this like crazy worship music is on constantly like we're praying and interceding 24 7 I mean like I'm a mom I have two crazy kids I don't have that kind of time um it would be great don't get me wrong but like that's not reality for us so our way of implementing worship in our home is so far beyond the music aspect of it it's doing dishes together, doing laundry together. If we are, if we have time to pray together, which we do like every night with the kids or like praying at meals, like all the little tiny things, they do add up. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. I mean, I think when you're raising your children, you, you know how this is when you're just, your life is so busy and it's passing by you so fast that you feel like you're like, oh my gosh, Lord, how did I, how did I not like keep you like included in the day? Mm-hmm. It happens. And thank God for grace. Thank God. Cause he's so good, yeah, yeah. you know? So I'm really grateful that we have gotten creative with how to implement worship in our home because of it. So being these things um, where you explain that so beautifully, so perfectly. And so what is a misconception, do you think, as as someone in any of these roles, Mm -hmm. as either an event planner, um, as a 
worship leader, a homemaker, mm. any of these things, what do you think is a misconception um, that someone may have? Oh, that's a good one. So I'll, I guess I'll go from home on my way out in terms of uh, how far I reach. Yeah. So being a mom, I think the biggest misconception is that you have to do it all and do it with ex- with like beyond excellence, like perfection. Mm. Um you know, I think unfortunately society, which it's changing, but still we're kind of in this funk in society where, you know, wives, mothers specifically have to have the full-time job, be able to provide for the kids, keep the house clean, also be like super cute for your husband all the time, like have all your stuff together. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like that stuff ebbs and flows. And hopefully if you have a great husband and he has a lot of grace for you like he understands like that's not going to come you know like by osmosis essentially Mm -hmm. and you're also not going to get it right as a mom as a parent um all the time um and in regards to like worship ministry specifically i think the the misconception generally speaking and then i'll kind of dial down is that um again with the perfection thing um i'm a big believer in marrying the heart and the art of um, of who you are within ministry. And I actually love Rick Pino, who's a famous worship leader. He talks a lot about that, like Davidic worship, what that looks like. Um, he talks a lot about how your heart, which is, you know, just so unabandoned, obsessed with the Lord, and you're so wanting to be in his presence all the time, especially in like the worship music end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the art portion, which is like spilling over into your... Um, your creativity end, I think there's there's there needs to be a melding of the two. Um, so, you know, Davidic worship really is all about excellence because like David, you know, he danced before the Lord. He was an excellent songwriter and musician. Um, he also stewarded his gifts. Um, I think a lot of the time church, within the church specifically, worship ministry, very much more specifically than that, a lot of churches out there and worship ministries can kind of get like one or the other. They don't do both really well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the ones that do really well are the people like the Hillsongs or the Elevations or the Maverick Cities. And there's a reason why, because not just the fact that there's money attached to them, but also because they have taken heart and art very seriously mm-hmm. and the Lord ha- and they've stewarded it. And the Lord has obviously blessed them because of it. And I think that's something that, thank God for being under the leadership that we're under at the harbor, we're able to do both. And, you know, that's been a passion of mine since day one. Um and in regards to, you know, the event planning and misconceptions, I would say it's a couple of different things. Um, on the larger scale, I think it would be the fact that you have to do everything really well and like kill it in the game because it's a very competitive um, field mm-hmm. and rightfully so. And I thank, thank you, Pinterest, for ruining my life with that. <laughs> but um, and Instagram and all the social media aspect, which, again, love it here for it. But. Um, I think there's a really big issue with um, getting the highlight reel and having to compete with that. So when you're working with clients, they're expecting you to do this like crazy stuff, which I'm totally here for. But if the budget's not there, I mean, it's kind of tough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be yeah, honest with you. Um, yeah. But we can make it work for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think under that is um, that like, again, similar to motherhood, like you have to do it all. You have to check off all the boxes. And um, I think being organized is 100% the thing you have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you become anal retentive is when it becomes like nauseating in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so I think giving yourself grace overall with every aspect of like who I am and every hat that I wear comes first. Um, motherhood, being a wife, being a ministry leader, 
being the ministry leader for Thrive, being an event planner, you know, you, when you don't take yourself too seriously, mm-hmm. it's easier for you to live your life the way that God intended it. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my thoughts on that. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone that wants to be a worship leader in a corporate setting? So they may yeah. see you. They may, someone that unbeknownst may have like a misconception but we don't know that um but if some what advice would you give to someone that wants to be a worship leader good question um i had a mentor slash friend slash youth leader of mine when i was you know early stages in like doing worship at my old church growing up um i remember her telling me she's like do it scared but do it because it's the right thing to do and be obedient because the Lord will will fill whatever it is that you bring to the table essentially. So if I have a large pot and I'm like, okay, God, whatever you got to do with this this pot, you know, fill it with however you however far and however deep, let it overflow. And I think the obedience is definitely the most um, foundational baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the whole like, do it scared. Like if you are nervous about. You know, like, okay, like, I'm, I'm a little pitchy with my singing or, like, I'm not the best guitar player or, you know, and not that I'm some super um, uh, learned or uh, experienced or crazy talented type of person when it comes to this stuff. But I can say that if you try and you put the effort in mm-hmm. and you keep trying and you allow yourself to be challenged as well as be kept accountable and, like, bring people around you that are going to force you and encourage you to become better at your craft, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you will grow a hundred percent. It's, it's a hundred percent effort and you know, it can be really discouraging at times. Um, but I think if, like I said before, if you're under the right leadership and they see potential in you and they, and they are the types of people to pull out gold out of you, mm-hmm. you will grow, you will blossom, you will, you will become best at your craft. And at the end of the day, like I had mentioned with the heart and the art, you will succeed and you will lead your congregation, however big or small, mm-hmm. very well and into the throne room the right way. Mm, yeah. I love that so much. I love that, love that. Mm. Uh, what would you say are do's and don'ts in mm. worship? Ooh, As a creative? <laughs> so actually, and I want to dive a little deeper into that. So I want to ask you, so do's and don'ts as a worship leader um but as obviously as a believer and as a creative yeah ooh, that's a good one i could talk practically and i could talk obviously spiritually which i will um i think it was tasha cobbs leonard that said you know i can't lead you anywhere that i haven't been and i that really resonated with me when i first heard that because i think um like we were talking before about stewarding your worship life in your prayer closet at your home first that spills over into corporate ministry um that is something that I feel like, you know, hey, everyone goes through hard, dry seasons. If, if you don't, that's crazy and you're lying to me. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, but I will say that in terms of the don'ts, um, don't let time pass you by uh, too much where you're not just soaking yourself in the Lord's presence. Um, and again, it could look real different in every season. Like I said before, folding laundry. Who would have thought, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the do's is... Do it. Just do it. Like, I love that Nike quote. Just do it. Like, go for it. Like, go towards the throne room as often as you can, whether it's in private or publicly. Um, 
And I think on the practical end, there's a couple of things. It's funny because I talk about this like with most of the, the girls on the team because we're always having like wardrobe malfunctions yeah. and we're always talking, and even just the team, we're talking about technical difficulties. I mean, like this stuff happens. This mm-hmm. is real life. I am convinced there is a demon very specifically dedicated in the soundboard. <laughs> you know, like there's things that, um, that I'm like, man, I like, we're having like a rough go in the morning to, to prep for Sunday morning service and we're like... What's going on with the sound? What's going on with my pack and my monitor? Like, it's like a whole thing. Um, I will say in terms of that practical stuff, come prepared. Um, have your voice warmed up if you're a vocalist. Know your chords. Know, you know, if you're if you're doing, um, if you're an MD, know your stuff. Know your cueing. Um, work as a team, you know, because that is going to be the number one thing. Um, and in terms of more practical stuff, I would say don't wear white. <laughs> That's funny. Very specific. Wait, why? <laughs> yes. Okay. So funny story. Um, I unfortunately had the time of the month and it happened pre-worship for Sunday morning and it was not a good scene. You can imagine I'm not going to give you two TMI, but that's how it happened. Um, and I don't be gross, but it was like do or die. Thank God Artie was able to... Uh, he was actually not on that day, so he came, he brought me some new pair of jeans. Wow. <laughs> so you oh, never know. Yeah. You never know. I didn't even it's think a little, about that. little graphic, yeah. but it's true. Like, things happen. Like, we're still humans at the end of the day. We're yes. not, like, these, like, ethereal people on stage where, like, we do no wrong and we're not flawed. Like, I am a human, and I, I say this all the time to people. Like, the only difference between me and you, and, like, me on stage versus you in the congregation is three feet. Mm. Because it's literally just the height of the stage. Yeah. That's literally it. Like, I am walking in the stuff, in the muck and the mire, just like you are, and working out, like, scripture talks about my salvation, just like you are. Mm. And, um, and yeah, like, with what I was saying about that quote before, like, I, I need to be prepared properly, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, in order to lead well. And, um, you know, probably going on a tangent when I say this, but I really am passionate about that. Like, you have to steward yourself, your life, in order to do any form of leadership. And that is something that I will die on a thousand hills for, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's good. So, Leah, what would you say are your strengths and weaknesses? Ooh, I feel like I'm, like, being interviewed for HR right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my strengths and weaknesses are the same. <laughs> no, I would say my strengths are um, definitely being creative, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my strengths are also being um passionate i'm i'm greatly passionate about everything that i put my hands to as well as anything that is in my environment um and with that it's interesting actually because i feel like that can also be a weakness of mine for sure Mm -hmm. because i think when i especially when i was in my teens i i never realized how passionate i was you know i grew up in a very sicilian italian type of household so there's a lot of sanguine a lot of passion um if you know anything about the myers-briggs it's all about that stuff like it's just like a lot a lot of yelling a lot of talking over a lot of interrupting like all the things and we all love each other very much (laughs) it's funny but i think the the fact that i love very deeply i also hurt very deeply um and i i love so much more than i hurt thank god um, but I find that within that weakness, I'm now allowing the Lord to turn it into a strength, of course, which is so awesome. Uh, but in my teens, like I was saying, I think I struggled so much with, like many do, identity, body image, um, you know, like just fitting in, finding your people, finding community, like all that stuff and finding acceptance. Um, like I had mentioned before, I struggled with 
uh, always kind of wondering if I had any sort of learning dis- disability, like ADHD, ADD. Obviously, I got diagnosed recently, and it kind of confirmed my feelings back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's interesting because, like we were talking before, I never really felt like I fit in when I was in my teens. I got bullied a lot, unfortunately. <clears throat> um, good for it now, thank God. Um, and it, I think it really stemmed from me, you know, not finding my people and finding acceptance, but I didn't really find my identity in the Lord until like I really started my walk with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of like diverting a little bit when I say this, but um, the the fact that like I I loved people and I still do love people so deeply and I hurt and I hurt very deeply from it. I think that's actually really a strength because more than a weakness. I used to think it was a weakness. Now mm-hmm. I see it as a strength, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I think it's because you know, we are called to love others. We're called to love ourselves, of course, as well. Um, but I think when when you kind of are the type of person to wear your heart on your sleeve, you're you're kind of leaving yourself open to getting hurt really easily. Mm-hmm. And and I think now having the the knowledge more than I did before of like why I'm more hyper vigilant with taking care of myself as well as being aware of my surroundings and my environment and the people that I allow into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of that when I was younger. And now I am like, you know, creating healthy boundaries like Townsend and Cloud talk a lot about that in, in their books about like the boundaries and things like that. Um, when you become more self-aware, it's easier for you to have healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that people respect them all, all, all the time. Yeah. But I think with that comes strength. Um, I think that also kind of creates an ability and it almost like a superpower for you to be able to love yourself better Mm -hmm. because you're like, you know what, I'm going to allow certain people to speak into my life. I'm not going to allow others. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not like, you know, like the bi hater type of thing, (laughs) but but it's, I mean, we could all resonate with that for sure, but it's definitely like, hey, I'm not going to let you speak to me that way. I'm not going to let you speak ill of me. you know, it's, it's a silly thing to, to use it as an example, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love people equally, not because I'm called to, because I just really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I hope and pray that people would reciprocate. And when they don't, I think that's that's where the weakness kind of rears its ugly head in a way. And it's like, well, then you start depre- self-deprecating and you start questioning, like, your abilities or what you did wrong or if you said something funny or if you even just your body language is off um and I think that was the journey that God was bringing me through from my teens into my 20s like the self-awareness journey Mm -hmm. and um I guess to answer your question self-awareness is my strength it used to be my weakness and now it's my Mm -hmm. strength and um and I, you know, of course I'm going to mess up. Of course I'm going to say something maybe off color or offensive because I'm a human. Mm-hmm. Not, and not because I usually have malintent. I mean, once in a blue moon, hey, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't get it twisted. <laughs> but I will say like, you know, because I'll defend myself for sure. I think years ago I wouldn't. That was the difference, I think. Now that I'm more self-aware, I'm able to have healthy boundaries. And I'm also able to love other people the way that God actually intended me to mm-hmm. and intended us all to yeah. because of it. So um, I'm grateful for those really hard seasons, mm. even though they were really hard seasons, yeah. honestly, because they shaped me into who I am today and they're going to continue to shape me, especially mm. as like a mom. Yeah. There's things now, and I know this will totally resonate with you specifically as another mom, um, you know, you kind of turn on that like mama bear 
you know, mentality mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. You're just ultra protector, and it's that's a God given trait, and I'm so grateful for it. Um, whether it's school bullies or like mm-hmm. some something's going on at the doctor's office that you're not happy with, that you're like, I need to get you know the right care for my kid, you know, or even just down to like little things like. I'm not gonna let you talk badly about yourself mm-hmm. as my from my as a mom to a child. Now walking, I've walked through that. I don't want them walking through it now. Um, and I think it really just comes down to being aware of your blind spots, being aware of your flaws, being aware of your awareness, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you become better for it, and everyone around you becomes better for it. You do see a difference when you're more self-aware your relationships with people blossom more than you think they will. Mm, I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah, because again, it comes down to the boundary thing. Mm. When you have healthy boundaries with yourself and you're protecting your heart, like on a spiritual end, you know, you're saying, okay, God, like I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z and I know that like my pit, my pitfall is going to be this. Like I need you to protect me from that and I need you to gird me in your word mm-hmm. with whatever scriptures you give and I need to now become aware of those blind spots or that I'm on the road to the valley. Mm-hmm. You know, God's awesome with that. He's just like, nope, not going to let you go there because I'm, I, I love you too much to let you go down that dark road again. Mm-hmm. And obviously that flows into every facet of your life. Um, if you... Think about it. You know, your life is basically an umbrella. And whatever kind of, like, encompasses that umbrella, like, you're obviously having to protect yourself, of course, with the self-awareness thing, like I was saying. But you have to remember that, you know, it's going to rain sometimes. And life is going to be really hard. But if you are standing under the umbrella, which is really the Lord, if you think about it, Mm -hmm. you know, like, he's going to protect you and keep you safe and put that hedge of protection like Scripture talks about. Um, And... Everything that you touch, everything that you uh, have an influence on or, 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 or everyone that you have an influence on is going to benefit from that. Mm. And it's cool to see how whatever you put your hands and your mind to um, is going to be influenced and you have every single opportunity and chance to influence the right way. Oh, I really like that. So with that being said, what are your inspirations? Ooh, so I guess to... To bring it back home, general, literally speaking, my kids are my inspiration. I mean, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> um, and I'm like, who, who wouldn't be obsessed with their kids? But um, they, it sounds so cheesy and cliche, but they make me want to be a better just human, a better mom, a better wife. Um, and in regards to, you know, worship leadership or um, any sort of ministry leadership, like with Thrive, for example, um, the, the whole concept of seeing people feel God's love I think is what inspires me and and like spurs me on um I think there's such a beautiful um image of let that you get when like specifically with worship ministry that when you're watching like the congregation just worship on their own because you know we don't know everyone's stories we don't know what they're all going through in their home life and at work and things like that so just seeing people out there and it's a sea of people Mm -hmm. um just worshiping in their own individual ways is just so inspiring to me and I know it sounds so cliche but it's really encouraging because it it's not only telling me on the practical end like oh you're doing a good job leading but it's also telling me like this is something that is so near and dear and precious to the Lord that I get to do this. I get to um, I get to lead people to, into His presence, and I think in that regard, um, 
you know, I actually look at the the job of our volunteers who are ushers specifically mm-hmm. as the same role as what we do as as worship leaders, whether it's musicians, MDs, or singers, or obviously our worship pastor. Um, because we're ushering in the presence of the Lord. We're also ushering people into the throne room of God. And it's an honor to be able to do that um, on so many levels. But more specifically, um, I love watching people just worship their hands raised, even if they're at their sides and they're sitting like, or they're crying. Like, I mean, it literally doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that they're just there and they're ready and they're hungry, I think is what inspires me the most about that. And in regards to Thrive, what inspires me or what has inspired me, I should say, is, um, you know, I struggled big time for a very long time uh, with postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, I also struggled with postpartum rage, which is something that most people don't talk about. It's another type of, um, I don't want to say mental illness, but it falls within the anxiety and the depression range. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually more common than you think it is. Um, people just kind of tend to, when they're going through it, women, they uh, they just kind of like, almost like black out in a way. And it's like they see red and it's just like, you know, things can happen, really scary things. Thank God that's never happened in my life. I'm so grateful. But I've heard stories of people really going through hard stuff with that. And, like, you hear the crazy stories of, like, CPS needing to take the kids. Like, the, the, the insane, the law and order SVU level stuff. But then you also hear, like, the stuff where, where I've struggled with this, for example, with the rage portion and the, and the anxiety portion of, like, I'm really short with my kids. Or I'm really, like, just loud and I'm yelling at them rather than, like, being more patient and being more Christ-like, yeah. you know? Um, because, again, I'm human. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've had to allow the Lord to really work in me. And I'm thank God I'm healed from that. Praise God for that. Um, and I would say with Thrive in regards to that, because of struggling with that for so long, um, that that really hard, dark season um, inspired me to start Thrive. Um, because I had heard so many stories of moms, either, whether it was within our own church body as well as even just other mom friends outside that were like, I'm struggling, I'm alone, I'm isolated, I have nobody in my life that really like sees me for who I am and 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 the um, and and the struggles I'm going through that like I, I need other women who have been there or are currently going through it so I can lean on them. Um, and that's become just such a amazing um opportunity that the lord has presented in my life um like i had said before like when faith jankowski and i were talking about it all those years ago it was kind of like oh it'll be fun to do like a mom's group like you know i grew up with some friends of mine who i'm still friends with 30 years later with like a mom's group like we were friends from like one and two and three years old it's crazy and and i would i would have loved to create that for my own kids one day which is how it started Mm -hmm. but really i think the lord was saying like no it's, I'm not starting it because of that and because it's a social club. I'm starting it because there's women who are really hurt and really struggling and who are dealing with depression and anxiety. And like, and I know that you've gone through that and I've, I've carried you through it. And I know that you're going to be like a beacon of hope for people. And um, it's crazy to say, like, I guess I've inspired myself in that way. But much more importantly, the women around me who have needed community are the ones who have inspired me the most beyond wow. beyond anything. Yeah. And I love that in leadership. I love to see 
the the attention to detail that it's not about you you know respectfully (laughs) it's not about you um but I love that so much and this is the overflow and seeing that so I'm part of the the telegram chat and thrive and due to my work schedule I haven't been able to make it to um the thrive the like the, the Tuesday, weekly, the, the yeah. weekly ones. Yeah. Um, and then the last few mom's night outs, mm-hmm. um, they were like on, like it was like David's birthday. And yeah, then it yeah. was like, I, for, I think the one in September was a Delilah's birthday, I think. Yeah. And then I wanted to make it to the October one, but just like, life. it just, it, yeah, <laughs> life. life. So, um, so that's that. But I do, and I'm, I'm can attest and say that I am so encouraged yeah. by your leadership in Thrive and seeing how, um, you know, it is a very, it's such like a, a safe place. Yeah. Like it's a, a group chat, quote yeah. unquote, but it is like such a, a this is where you can come. It's yes. a forum in a yeah. sense, um, but it's, it's such a place where, you know, can you please pray for, right. you know, such and such, like a family member? Yeah. Can you pray for my coworker? Right. And I love to the aspect of it because um, I, I just had spoke to, I work in healthcare, so I was speaking with a patient where, you know, God is always working in yes. the background. Yes, and is. so what I love about our group too is that as we're, you know, girl, can you pray for my family member? Can mm-hmm. you pray for my coworker? Right. Can you pray for this person? That the majority of the time, that person that we're praying for doesn't know that we're praying for them. Amazing. And right? I, I get encouraged by that every, I have chills. <laughs> I, have, I get encouraged by that every single time because it's such a reminder that God works in the background. That's right. And that encourages me because yeah. for so long I didn't know that and I didn't even, and so when right. I did hear that eventually, yeah. I didn't even think that, but I've come to see it's that's just um you know firsthand seeing that like how mm-hmm. god does that so yeah, i i yeah. do i love that and i absolutely love the the what you pour into it oh, um you. and yeah. thrive and also when you worship too so i actually first met you mm-hmm. um it was in 2019 that's when i started going to the harbor mm-hmm. and you were yeah. pregnant with layla yeah oh my gosh yeah it, yeah <laughs> and um i remember that i went up to you i'm like your voice is so angelic oh my gosh. and i was like do you know and it was you guys sang a song and i can't remember the name of it right now oh my gosh, if you remember that i would be so shocked um i just remember I just all I remember from it right now is that your kingdom is unshakable. Ooh, oh, that's, that's that. Name. But I remember that I was asking you, and you pulled your phone out to like look it up the name of the song too. But I remember that. But uh, so it's just interesting seeing too from the sidelines, like what all that the Lord has been doing right, in right. you. And there's obviously so much that I didn't know and don't sure, know about. Yeah. But I was just seeing like from like. You were pregnant with your daughter, yeah, and then eventually, uh, we actually were pregnant at the same time we were, with our yeah, boys yeah. in two thousand twenty-one, and seeing that, and then now seeing how, you know, you're leading Thrive. So I just yeah. I love to see that. I yeah. I'm a big sidelines person. I yes. love to be in the mix, of yes. course, yeah, but I do sure. love when, um, when if you're watching from the sidelines for whatever reason, that's just how God. Just has it happen sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But one of my favorite things about the sidelines is that you can see God. Yes, you can. You know. I think you see him more on the sidelines than you do smack in the middle most of the time. Mm. I do yeah. because I think it kind of it kind of forces you to and I've and I've been on those sidelines, let me tell you. Mm. Um many seasons. I think it it it's kind of like when we're in the middle of everything, we're very microscopic and then when we're on the sidelines, we're very macroscopic. And it becomes very much 
easier to see how he's working and, and again how he's weaving mm. because you're like oh I remember having this conversation but then I saw this happen and and like I remember her mentioning like she needs she needed prayer for something or other or like there was a financial thing or whatever whatever the case may be and then like God like you know like mm. took care of it in some yeah. sort of way and it's and it's always like we were talking before um off camera how God always works in mysterious ways and it's always exactly the opposite of what you're expecting <laughs> you know yeah. um you know he calls us out in ways that we would have never imagined like honestly i would have never imagined that i would have become an event planner never in a million years um i would have never imagined that i would have been leading leading a mom's group and and not because i don't love those things mm-hmm. it's just something that i i think I never even realized till now be doing them and being in them that it was even something I was even passionate about. Um, And I think it's all because, like you're saying with the sidelines, I had people in my life and still do that were like, I see this in you and I see where you're going through and I'm going to speak life into you in this current season because what's going to come into the next season or the next couple of seasons Mm. is preparedness time for you. And... um, and I'm going to remind you on the other end when everything is all, you know, wrapped in a pretty bow, essentially. Oh, yeah. Like, remember those times? Remember when you went through this? Remember when you struggled with that? Mm-hmm. Remember when you couldn't make ends meet? Like, all the things. Yeah. Um, and it, it makes you appreciate the Lord so much more. Oh, yes. Agreed. Agreed. So just pressing in some in a different direction a bit, I would love to hear you talk about preparation. And when I act about preparation, I also this thought comes to mind of discernment Mm -hmm. when it comes to the facets um how do you prepare like for example how would you prepare for worship but how do you prepare like your day-to-day uh event planning Mm -hmm. and ministry can you talk about that yeah sure so um in general um, so just so you know, and for any of the listeners out there, um, I recently got diagnosed with ADD. Uh, I now take medication for it. So I say that because I struggled with a lot of organizational issues for a very long time from being a kid up till, you know, adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're doing prep for anything in life, big or small, it takes organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not that I was not just dis- not that I was disorganized per se, but I think because my mind was racing so fast that my body and my mouth couldn't catch up a lot of the time. It kind of caused me to stumble and have a lot of roadblocks in my life. So now that I'm like on the ball, I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself becoming better at prepping. Like I used to be like a chronic procrastinator, for example. Really bad test taker. Not good in school. Like all the things. Like I was always interrupting everybody. I was always like the class clown. Like all the things. And, and it's funny because... Now that I'm like a mom and I have a household and I got bills, like it's like I don't have room for that anymore. So um, practically speaking, I would say um, thank God for medication. If you are, you know, struggling with figuring out if that's a thing for you, I would encourage you to talk to your doctor, of course. Um, Sometimes it's not for people. That's okay. Um, To each his own. But for me, that's what worked. And um, with regards to like worship, for example, on a practical end, um, I actually, from when I was around 15, 16 years old and on, I had gotten scoped uh, by the ENT because I found out that I had two vocal nodules on my vocal cords. And as a singer... Um, that's basically like if you've watched the movie Pitch Perfect, it's like I have nodes. It's like a, it's like a de- it's like a death thing. It's so bad. So um, 
I struggled big time with like vocal quality and taking care of my voice. And I remember the doctor being like, you need to do this or else you're going to sound like an 80 year old chain smoker for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, and I did in the beginning, which is crazy. So he was like, you need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to do vocal warmups. You need to be drinking way more water. Um, try to stay away from caffeine. I know all my coffee lovers are like, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, and take care of, you know, the gift essentially, which is crazy because who would have thought that doing things practically and physically in prep are going to also help you prepare properly for the spiritual end too. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to what we were talking about with stewarding your gift and stewarding the things that the Lord has, you know, given to you and placed in your, in your hands, um, I am a firm, 100% believer, and all the girls on the team know this because I'm crazy with this stuff. Like, you need to warm up your voice, period. Mm-hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't even. I don't care if you even got, like, five minutes of time. You're going to look crazy. You're going to be, be doing weird lip rolls. You're going to be doing weird breath things, and everyone's going to be judging you for it. But let me tell you, it is a game changer when it comes to um, you being able to be excellent at your craft mm-hmm. when you do stuff like that. Um, in regards to, um, you know, in our house – like we, you know, we try our best to do meal planning. <sighs> Joke's on me. Um, it doesn't work out that well, um, but we try. Uh, you know, when I got to do like food shopping, for example, I try to think ahead as much as I possibly can. Of course, leaving room for, you know, snafus here and there. It's normal. Or who wants hot dogs and mac and cheese? <laughs> you know? Or like, you know, Wendy's or Taco Bell, like it happens. Um, you know, being flexible, I think, is important with being prepared because you always have to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. And I think... Um, it's funny. I actually, it never really like, it never, I never really, I guess, like realized it till now being a mom, you know, because I've struggled with anxiety for so long, pre and post kids, that specifically. And of course, I think this is really like the ADD kind of showing its, its ugly head in a lot of ways, rearing its ugly head. Um, I think if I had been more on top of stuff earlier on in my life, I think I would have benefited later on much more but that's you know it's fine again grace um and in regards to like taking care of the kids being home like cleaning the house like all the things you know I I think grace covers a lot and having a good spouse is super great um but I will say that when you are getting into a funk you need to be self-aware of when you're walking into that funk um, and having people around you just say like, hey, I'm noticing that like you're not doing too well in this area of life and not be abrasive, but be loving. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, grace, it's it's all the thing. It's all part of that. Um, and I think, you know, stress management is number one. I mean, I'm not like a, I'm not crazy with like knowing like how your hormones work and everything. But I will say that on the science end, um, if your cortisol levels are high. Uh, because that's the stress hormone, like it's gonna it's gonna show physically, mm-hmm. outwardly, out of your body, mm-hmm. um, and and being aware of those blind spots, I think is like number one. Like you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your mental health, your physical health. Um, and I'm not some poster child for going to the gym and and doing all this crazy dieting and the lifestyle stuff, like eating really clean. But I will say that like your body is a temple. It is the temple, yeah. and if you are going to be physically feeding it junk and you're going to be, you know, uh, visually feeding it junk mm-hmm. or audibly feeding it junk, junk is going to produce mm-hmm. and that's what's going to come out. So if I want to live and lead a healthy lifestyle, I need to do it physically. I need to do it nutritionally. I need to do it emotionally, mentally, and most importantly, spiritually, mm-hmm. because otherwise I can't, I can't succeed in life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess, I guess so to say, um, 
you know, nobody's perfect. No one's going to get it perfect every single time. Mm -hmm. And I think the more often you are aware of that, the better you become. Because it's, because it takes the load off. It takes like the burden of doing well and the and the like the perfectionism thing. Mm-hmm. It takes it out of the equation. I want to ask this: when it comes to your event planning, mm-hmm. and as a believer, mm-hmm. as a creative, but as a believer, yeah, the discernment. Yeah. I, I keep yeah. hearing that discernment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you discern like what clients to take in? Ooh, yeah, um, that's a tough one. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I, I don't even know the wording for it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm catching. Um, I'm catching your drift. You get my drift. <laughs> I do. Okay, can you? <laughs> if you may, because I want it to. You know, this is just about being real. Yeah. And yeah. honest, and um, I like to talk about stuff that people won't talk about. Me too. You know, that's me, and that gets me in a lot of trouble. Me but too. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Same. You know, so. If you don't mind sharing, yeah. please. Yeah. The no holds bar thing is like my thing. I love yeah. that. Like if you if you know me personally, you know that I'm like not not no filter where it's like offensive, but just like I am who I am and I'm not going to change the fact that like I know what the truth is, not mm. not my truth. I know what the truth is and I'm going to make sure that like you are aware of it because of God's love, not because I'm going to be condemning, of course. Um, and with that said, um, it's funny, you know, we live in a very um, colorful society. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am called to love everyone within that colorful society. And I think it was was really hard in the beginning. I think when I was first starting the business, like, how am I going to navigate? Like, if somebody who doesn't believe the way that I believe or somebody who is, you know, having, like, doing, like, a same-sex marriage. Like, I mean, that's, like, real talk right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, what if they want to hire me? Like, what do you do? And I was always like, oh, I'll deal with it when it comes. And, And it hasn't come yet, truthfully. But I think, I think it's coming. I will be honest with you because I think the Lord is like, I'm going to I'm gonna teach you how to do this the right way and you're, I'm going to do it with you. Thank God. Um, but my philosophy on that is, number one, um, your standards are not everyone's standards. Um, your convictions are not everyone's convictions. We're called to love first. That doesn't mean that we are called to condone. There is a very distinct difference between conviction and condoning. And, and I think when it comes to like the real talk stuff about – Let's say, for example, like I know biblically um, the Lord does not condone or promote same-sex marriage. That's a tough one. That's a tough subject. I have family and friends who are gay. I have family and friends who are struggling with their sexuality. I have family and friends who know the Lord and and are, you know, or or who knew who knew the Lord. Let's say it that way. And they are not walking with him right now. Mm-hmm. And there's and they're and they're choosing a sexual path that is not. Um, according to the gospel. Um, and it doesn't make me love them any less. Uh, but will I do their weddings? No, I won't. Because I know that with the conviction comes the decision to say, you know what, the, the gospel is offensive, um, not and not in the, uh, the societal way of offense. It's the offense in that it convicts and it leads us to holiness mm-hmm. and it leads us to a better path with him and it's a narrow path i mean scripture talks about that all the time the road is narrow um but um like i said it doesn't make me love them any less but i but there is a very distinct line and it really actually kind of bothers me that there's a lot of people out there in christendom that have taken the road of well i don't care i'm gonna do whatever i want and if i offend anybody like who cares no 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 that's not what jesus says even though Jesus hung out with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the people on the fray, 
he didn't live like them. Mm-hmm. There is a distinct difference between the you know the the cliche in the world but not of the world. Um, you can live in it, and you can associate with those people. But the moment that you let their lifestyle and their choices um, dictate how you live and how you operate, that's when it's like, hey, there's separation between you and the Lord, um, and there's nothing that's going to get between me and my God. Mm. truthfully and I know that's a really hard thing to hear if there's anybody listening that's like wow like you're just one of those bible thumping people no that's not the case I love you and I'm called to love you but I'm not supposed to like what you do there's a difference between love and tolerance and love and like Mm. um and I think with like the wedding planning thing especially because we live in New York which is a very openly liberal state Everyone's kind of doing their free-for-all thing. We got the transgender movement. We have all the the homosexuality stuff. And, of course, it's going to sound like I'm homophobic. No, no, no. I'm not afraid of people who are gay. That's what homophobia actually is. I'm not afraid of anybody. I love you. And and if anybody is listening and you are struggling with your sexuality or you are openly gay or openly struggling with that, like, you have a friend in me because of the Christ in me. And I think that's something that Christians, unfortunately, have really gotten wrong. So when it comes to... You know, the wedding planning thing for me, um, here's what I'll say. I I love that you are seeking out love because there's beauty in that. But your identity is not found in who you love. Your identity is found in Jesus and God, the creator. And when you finally discover that, you know, your life will change and it will be hard. Because Jesus never promised that life would be easy once we've signed up to be with him and to walk with him, you know. But it is a beautiful story and it is something that, and I get emotional thinking about it, that like he calls us because he loves us and he chose us even when he didn't even know us personally. Like he, you know, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. He doesn't, he didn't know me on earth living the way that I'm living, but he he foreknew, I think is our foresaw, is, I think is the right word, that like that we were going to continue to sin and live in sin and that no matter how you slice it there's always going to be separation between us and god until eternity and until we make that decision to walk with him right and um i think it's so beautiful that there is there is a god out there who chose us and loves us and wants to be in community with us and be in relationship with us even when we didn't want him even when we didn't want to be around him or know anything about or have any association with him. Um, and, you know, the day will come when I will have probably a gay couple, for example, say like, hey, will you do my wedding? And I'm going to have to say no. And, you know, I, I never want to lie about it and be like, oh, well, I don't have I don't have that date on the calendar available. You know, like, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, and I know that there's going to there's going to be some licks that come with that mm-hmm. and it could potentially ruin my my business. But I'm not here to serve my business. I'm here to serve my God Amen. first, Amen. you know? And Amen. and he will honor that. And there's favor in that obedience, like we were talking about before. Like the little things, those little decisions, um, it's all um, it's all transactional with him. And it's it's like it's like I trust you. I know you're gonna I know you've put this in my life and you've put this desire and you're going to you're gonna put favor on it no matter what it looks like. Mm. And I'm and I'm dying to that every day, let me tell you, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love that. Oh, Leah, I'm so encouraged by our <laughs> conversation today. Awesome. And I'll ask you this. Um, 
What do you ha- do? You have a favorite verse? Ooh, I do. Um, it's Ecclesiastes three eleven. That's an easy one. Um, it's he has made everything beautiful in its time. Um, actually, I just had some girlfriends throw a surprise party for me for my birthday last night. It was so awesome. Um, shout out Alyssa. And, um, I, uh, uh, Lindsay, one of my very good friends, she had said to me, you find beauty in everything. And I was like, wow, that's such a good description of me. I love beautiful things. That's what she basically said. And I was like, it's true. I mean, obviously who doesn't, but, um, but she said, but more importantly than loving beautiful things, you find beauty in like the mundane and you find beauty in like the small stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I joked like while we were talking about it last night, I was like eating some strawberries. It's like really silly, but it it, it applies. Mm -hmm. I was like, like this gorgeous strawberry. I love it so much. (laughs) Like these little silly things. Um, and I think that really comes down to like, that's my core. Um, I'm so grateful that like God made me who I am um, in the in the innate stuff like with I like to make pretty things I like to make people feel beautiful I like to make people feel like just loved and wanted and like I I think at the end of the day want every single person that I come into contact with not only feel God's love because that's the goal right in the Christian walk and and to also witness but um, but but so much deeper than that I want people to to look at themselves the way that Jesus looks at them. And that is beautiful. Yeah. Like that just perfect, whole, pure, spotless bride. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that really like answers your question, so to say, but no, it does. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It does. I yeah. just love, I just love, I love making people feel loved. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Leah, for joining in, for being um, my very first guest yeah. here on notes for my friends. I am so beyond thankful and I wanted to ask if you would close us out in prayer. Sure. Yeah. Oh, God, we honor you and we thank you today. We are just so in love with who you are. And Jesus, we are just so grateful for the cross. We're so grateful that you died and you and you took our place uh, and that we can spend eternity with you one day, Lord. And we so look forward to that. God, I'm just so grateful for Angie. I thank you so much for this beautiful opportunity that you've presented into her lap. And I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to uh, honor her, continue to uh, to grow this, Lord God. I just pray favor over her, Lord, in this ministry. And I also just thank you, God, so much for community. I thank you so much for uh, just the, the beautiful relationships that we are all building together as one body under Christ. And I just pray, Lord, that you would continue to build your church so that way we can uh, reach the masses. And we thank you for all these wonderful things. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.